It is the nightcap here on VSIN Hour 2. Kurt Heelan will join us in just a moment. That's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. And a couple NBA games uh, late in the second quarter as the Golden State Warriors, a slight home dog tonight with a 54 49 lead. So a, a surprisingly low scoring first half, Jeff. This total in the first half here at Circa was the shortest uh, in town at 111. Some other spots. 112, but uh, it is going to go under, and it has gone under. 54-49, to 49, your halftime score. So the Warriors head into the locker room, Jeff, with a five-point lead. They covered the one-point first-half spread. And Steph Curry, it's not like he's a flamethrower. You know, like we saw against Oklahoma City on Saturday night when he had, what, 24 in the first quarter? 49 points in 29 minutes, 11 threes. Now... Oklahoma City, I think I might get some run for right now because they're trying to lose. Um, Here tonight, Steph Curry, 15 points, just one of five from three. Uh, We talked about it earlier. If you had Draymond Green and you took the over on points, that cashed, what, eight minutes into the game? Yeah, he's not scoring again tonight. No. He's not scoring again tonight. He got his 10 in the first quarter. He's done. He's not scoring anymore. So 54-49, to the halftime score. Still no Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Bogdanovich leading the way with uh, for the Jazz with 15 points. Slowed down a bit, had 11 points right out of the shoot. Still, you feel in a decent shape if you took the over on, on Boyan Bogdanovich's points tonight, 23.5, as he has eclipsed 23.5 in six of his last eight games. Yeah, 15 already for Bogdanovich, so well on its way to going over in that one. Jordan Clarkson, my God. Yes. Jordan Clarkson has attempted 18 shots already. He is 0 for 8 from 3. Uh, Jordan Clarkson time. Yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> he's never seen a shot he didn't like. No, apparently. not at all. Uh, and look, uh, again, they're going to need the volume because they need all the scoring they can right now with still no Mike Connolly, still no Donovan Mitchell. There was a hope that Donovan Mitchell was going to play this past weekend. He did not. So, Again, again, the Jazz, the Jazz have one week now to get Donovan Mitchell at least somewhat up to speed, and if not, it's, I mean, this could be the first round matchup. This is a realistic one eight, yeah. And this is, look, I, I still would anticipate Utah would win even if Mitchell's not a hundred percent as long as he's playing, but. That's not 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 a lot of comfort if you have to play Steph Curry in the first round. Yeah, and something to bring up, and we'll talk to Kurt Heelan here in just a moment. I'm, I'm going to ask him this. It's you know Rudy Gobert. Over the years, Jeff, he has been a postseason liability. Yes, and is that you know can teams take advantage of that? Will the Warriors look to take advantage of that? In recent years, he would have to you know years that he won Defensive Player of the Year would have to sit out in you know in in big moments. So. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. Gobert, three points, eight rebounds so far. Uh, the, the Blazers lead 74-61 in the second quarter. Once again, we joked, uh, looked at this total, or this first half number, ultimately didn't play it. C.J. McCollum, 23 points already in this game, five three-pointers. Uh, Norm Powell with 19 points. Uh, Dame Lillard only has six right now. For the Blazers as they lead by 13, looking to cover what in some spots in town was a double-digit first-half spread against the Houston Rockets. Scoring has slowed down considerably in this quarter. Uh, Portland only has 24 points with a minute 11 to go in the quarter. Uh, 74-61. So you're you're sweating. You're sweating a little bit. You have have an advantage. Portland has the ball, but... uh, 
Look, uh, in the end here for the Blazers, the only thing that matters tonight is just getting a win against a team that is openly tanking and holding on to that sixth spot for another day. And then again, you got to find a way, got to find a way to get two of the last three to make sure you get in that six hole. Yeah, and uh, as we mentioned before, Portland does have the tiebreaker over the Los Angeles Lakers, but the stretch down uh, for Portland is not easy with Utah, yeah. Phoenix, and Denver remaining. Uh, for Portland and the Lakers schedule tomorrow it's the Knicks and then it lightens up especially with LeBron likely to return at at latest on uh, Wednesday night but much more NBA talk coming up in just a moment we'll talk to Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports right now Parles I'm Tim Murray live from the Circus Sportsbook hour number two couple of NBA games uh, here in this uh, late night window the Golden State Warriors with a five-point halftime lead over the Utah Jazz, which is certainly music to the ears of the Phoenix Suns as they hope uh, that they have a chance to get into that number one seed. Unlikely, but still possible. Uh, The Phoenix Suns losing last night to the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Anthony Davis went off in that one against the Phoenix Suns. And then the Portland Trailblazers taking on the Houston Rockets. Uh, The Houston Rockets, who have lost 10 of 11 and 15 of 17, uh, trail by 13, 74-61 right now, the Portland Trailblazers with the lead over the Houston Rockets. And uh, to keep the conversation going, at Basketball Talk is where you can follow our next guest. He is Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. And Kurt, I, as you, uh, I imagine, every conversation you have on, on these types of forums starts with a team in your backyard, being the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron, Hopeful to come back maybe tomorrow against the Knicks at latest uh, coming up on Wednesday. Really nice win uh, last night, but destined for that seven seed. What is your feeling on this Lakers team right now? Because uh, Vegas has downshifted a little bit on the Lakers, but they're still the second favorite to win the title, still the favorite to win the, uh, to come out of the West. Well, welcome to Laker Nation, which will bet them regardless. <laughs> that of, is true of, of reality. Um, but it, I still think they're probably look. It's got to start here, right? If LeBron is healthy, it, it all starts there. It's not even a question of like Anthony Davis over two of the last three games. Like you said, he went off last night. He is two of the last three games. He's looked like playoff Anthony Davis from last year, bubble Anthony Davis, but it still comes back to LeBron. He's the hub of the offense. Everything goes through him. And remember, they also haven't had Dennis Schroeder, um, who they probably get back around the start of the playoffs. But if LeBron is moving well on that ankle and kind of closer to being himself, then they set the bar and you know, maybe the Clippers could do it. You know, maybe Utah could beat them, but I kind of look, the Lakers are going to be really tough to beat if they're healthy I would right now, right now I'd probably take the Clippers, but it's only because I haven't seen LeBron. If I if we watch LeBron tomorrow night, or I don't know, guys, wouldn't you wait? Wouldn't you, I mean, personally, I would. Whatever happens with the Knicks happens with the Knicks. Take the win against Houston. Get LeBron some light work. You're not going to play him on a back to back anyway. So like, take the sure thing win. But we'll see what they do. Um, but if he's moving back to normal, then then they are the deserved favorites. Yeah, and looking at last night and the win over Phoenix, like you mentioned, Anthony Davis goes for 40-plus. He was tremendous. But, you know, for Phoenix, a a franchise who hasn't been in the postseason for 
uh, for over a decade, and it's been a great story. I think Monty Williams should be coach of the yeah. year. Uh, Chris Paul very well could be first-team All-NBA. I think he should be. That being said, Kurt, you look at the matchup, assuming health and even 90% health for LeBron, it is a mismatch nightmare, or a matchup nightmare, I should say, for the Phoenix Suns. Yes. Yeah. By the way, we're assuming that Curry and Golden State don't get the eight seed, right? Yeah. Because... Uh, well, the television, that would be fun for the television exec, they'd be, the television executives would all be like, oh, this is great. We're going to get this huge ratings in this game. And then they would sweat that second game against Memphis or whoever, like nobody's business, oh, right? Yeah. Like they don't want to lose either of them. Um, yes, though, I, I, look, I just, as much as I love the story that is, is the um, Phoenix Suns this year and every, like everything you said, like, Monty Williams has been amazing. Chris Paul deserves all the credit, a lot of credit. I'll take that. They just don't strike fear into other teams in the playoffs because they haven't been there before. And there is a certain amount of rite of passage. Like you just kind of have to learn how to win in the NBA playoffs. Even the teams like, I don't know, the 2008 Celtics that get thrown together and win. Sure. But KG and Pierce and Ray Allen at all, been through this in other places and could bring that knowledge. LeBron did it when he moved. He could bring knowledge on how to get there to other locations. Like when he went back to Cleveland, you, somebody's got to have that knowledge and they, there's just not enough of it there. Plus small backcourt. I love Booker and Chris Paul, but that's a small backcourt. That's a bad matchup for either LA team against either LA team. And when Deandre Ayton sits, their, their interior, Frank, let's just say Frank Kamenitsky, not your best rim protector in the league. So, <laughs> Like, I just think I just think that they're very they're they're definitely beatable um, in the playoffs. Uh, they're going to be very good for years to come. But if they get somebody like the Lakers in the first round, they're in a lot of trouble. Kurt, uh, just just looking at the other team at the top of the West, Utah. Of course, Donovan Mitchell hasn't played for a few weeks. Same with Mike yeah. Connolly. Uh, it, it, let's let's assume that they get it, it, get those guys back at the end of this week, which is the hope there. Uh, how much are we trusting the the number one seed in the Western Conference, Utah? A fair amount. I, I, look, they this is a team that has been playoff tested, right? They have been not to the finals, but they have been in the playoffs before. Mike Conley's been in conference finals before. Um, the challenge with them, I think, is just that it's an ensemble, right? Like they don't have LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry the guy who can be like, well, you know what? The bench is having a bad night, but it doesn't matter because LeBron James decided to take over. Kevin Durant decided to take over with all due respect to Donovan Mitchell. They just, they're a little more of an ensemble than that. They, they, they are going, Joe Ingles can't really have bad nights in the playoffs. They, they need everything to kind of go right. And I'm just not, it, that's a tougher way to win. I think they're capable of doing it. I just think it's a much more difficult way to go through the conference, especially a conference where you're going to have to play <laughs> probably the Clippers and Lakers, or at least some of, well, at least one of them, which again, it's a tough Clippers are a bad matchup for Utah. Clippers are a real, they don't, they don't have good wing defenders and uh, Clippers have a couple guys. Yeah. Yeah, they do at basketball talk is where you can find Kurt Heelan on Twitter, switching over to the Eastern conference. Um, you know, right now, uh, an important win tonight for Atlanta to hold on yeah. and to, to beat the Wizards because uh, if they want to get that four, uh, that five seed, excuse me, uh, they do hold the tiebreaker over Miami, uh, which is interesting because now, Kurt, the likelihood of a Milwaukee 
and Miami first-round matchup after Milwaukee got splattered tonight by San Antonio seems more and more likely. You, you, you got to wonder about the, the, the mental psyche of the Bucks because uh, we know what happened last year uh, against yeah. the Miami Heat, and Miami's playing much better uh, right down the stretch here. So when you look at that potential matchup there in the first round, Bucks and Heat, what now I know Drew Holiday's on that roster. He wasn't there last year, but what would make you believe that the Bucks are going to not pull a twenty twenty? <laughs> I think Drew Holiday is absolutely part of that. I think the other thing that I would look first off, we're gonna the question about the Bucks going into this has never been talent, right? Even last season, it's not a question of talent. It's a question of mentally, are they there? Will they make the adjustments? Uh, if you're Budenholzer, will all that stuff come together? Well, that'd be that'd be the first round test, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> we're going right for the weak spot in the first round. Um, I think the other difference, though, on top of of Drew Holiday and 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 the fact that they've switched more on defense stuff is Miami's just not quite the same. And part of it is they really miss the steadiness of Jay Crowder at the four, and they're trying Trevor Reza there. They had Kelly Olynyk. They're just not quite the same at the, having some solid veteran leadership in some of those spots where they trust that Goran Dragic was unbelievable in the bubble last year. He's not been that way this year. So I, I don't think that they've been playing as well consistently, but they are certainly capable of putting together a run and they get some confidence against the, like you said, a Bucks team they beat last year and suddenly it gets really interesting. Kurt, uh, just looking at the Eastern conference playing right now, uh, Boston is going to get the seven seed uh, with two games behind Miami and with the news that Jalen Brown is yeah. going to miss the the rest of the year with an injury, uh, kind of the uh, the nail in the coffin for them getting back up to the six. But uh, Charlotte is there, Washington's there, Indiana's there, Boston is there. Uh, can any of those teams realistically push either, let's say Brooklyn gets up to the two seed, push Brooklyn or Philadelphia in a first-round series? I would have said Boston healthy, but not now. Um, I mean, that, that the Jalen Brown news is just devastating for them. Um, I don't really think so. I mean, Washington makes it entertaining, and I, I, they very well might be the team to come out. Yeah, the TV executives will be rooting. They'll be, I don't know, you go to church and light a candle for LaMelo, and it's like, please let him go through. We want him on national TV. But – Washington would make it interesting, um, assuming Beal's healthy enough to come back and, and can play. Um, but nobody really pushes them. I, I think those top three in the East, I think there's a real gap between the top three in the East and even four or five. You know, we get, hey, maybe Miami can do this or something. But at the end of the day, I just still think that those three teams in the East have just been that much better than everybody. And that's that's why getting the number one seed mattered so much to Philly, man. Just <laughs> Get those two on the other side of the bracket and let them battle it out. Yeah, and that's one thing, Kurt. I talked about it a little bit last week. I ended up pulling the trigger on a uh, on a future for Philadelphia to come out of the East yeah. at plus three fifty five because I, I look at that Brooklyn Bucks series now for my bet. I really need the Bucks to not lay an egg and beat the Heat. That would be a bit detrimental. Yeah. Um, but you know, watching those two games last week, Brooklyn and and uh, Milwaukee. Now I recognize James Harden wasn't there. But the, the biggest thing about the Bucks in the past couple of years, Kurt, right in the postseason is teams have figured out, Toronto did it, Miami did it, how to wall off Giannis. 
I don't know how Brooklyn does that. Uh, th- this isn't yeah. a team that uh, it really has that defensive mentality. Incredible offensively. So I, I see how, – how do you see Nets-Bucks playing out if we get that in the Eastern Conference semifinals? Because it, it, to me, it just feels like it's going to be your – hopefully for, for us entertainment-wise, your, your classic seven-game just slugfest. Yeah. Oh, you don't think Joe Harris is the lockdown defender they need? In that series? <laughs> um, uh, no, I think that you, they look, those two teams will, like you said, beat each other up a little bit. It'll be entertaining for all of us. And then if Brooklyn gets through in particular, that's a team with no good matchup for Joel Embiid. That's, uh, that's why I like the Philly bet. I, I, if I'm you, because that makes, if Brooklyn gets through, that's a team. I love Claxton but he's not big enough. DeAndre Jordan's a step. He's just father time is starting to win that race. And DeAndre Jordan's not, they don't have anybody who can, who can slow and beat Milwaukee's a little better than that. They've got Brooke Lopez. They've got Giannis. They've got, by the way, PJ Tucker. Don't forget in there. PJ Tucker is that kind of smaller defender, but super strong who gets under Embiid, And he, that, that almost bothers him more than a big guy. Um, Brooklyn would really struggle in that series. It would struggle to stop Embiid. It'd be it'd be inter- it'd be a real interesting chess match. So I think Philly's got a real chance to come out. Um, but they and getting number one seed and getting half those games at home where they're just there's not even fans in the building and they're much better there. I don't know what the I don't know what's in the water at Wells Fargo, but they play so much better there that I think that's a I think they have a legitimate chance. Kurt, uh, the only award that isn't fully sewn up at this point is Coach of the Year. Uh, uh, yeah. Monty, Monty Williams, Quinn Snyder, Tom Thibodeau, really the three-headed monster uh, with, uh, with, with the best chances to win the award. When you were on with us a few weeks ago, you mentioned Monty Williams would be, uh, would be at the top of your list. Is that still the same as we sit here with a week to go in the regular season? Can I be honest with you as a voter? I am not sure what I'm going to do with that one. Uh, have, okay. That, that, is, that is the one, and I, I, don't, I think I'm, I'm not alone here, where I really – have started to reach out to people and that's a tougher one to judge, especially this year, like not being in the building, not talking to people in the same way. It's been, I think it's a tougher, it's a tougher award to judge. Like defense is one where I always kind of know, look, man, I, I got to, it's not like I can lean on the metrics there a little bit. The metrics are iffy. You really need to talk to some people about that one. Coach of the year has become that, that way this year for me, because I, Depends on what day you ask me, man. I, I, might, <laughs> I very well might go with Monty Williams, but I have my Quinn Snyder days. And, man, the Knicks hold on to the four seed, and they play that kind of defense with um, not exactly a bunch of stoppers on that roster, yeah. um, like individual defenders. Like, I just – I can talk myself into any one of them on any given day, and I genuinely don't know. You know, I'm, I've, got, I've got a week to figure it out, a week plus to figure it out. I, don't, I genuinely don't know what I'm going to do with that boat. Sure, before we let It'll you... It'll be one of those three. Those three, those three will be the three guys. I don't know what order they're going to be in, and I think ultimately the vote's going to be pretty close, whatever direction it goes. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if I voted, I, I would lean towards Monty Williams, but once again, I don't think you can go wrong with any one of those three. I mean, yeah. the Knicks yeah. have... Con- I mean, the Knicks are going to be the four seed <laughs> in the East. I mean, you know, the, the yeah, Jazz exactly. have been the best team in the NBA pretty much all year, so yeah, you can't go wrong any one of those of that trio no i that's one of those awards where i just and by the way 
guys like Doc Rivers are just hosed. Like they're not, you right. know, they'll get a few votes, but they're going to be way down the list. And they're good guys, good, good coaches who did really good jobs this year. Are you know, you can, you want to, you can make a really nice case for Nate McMillan. You can make a really Absolutely. nice case in, in Atlanta. Yeah, and they're just. I don't even. They don't even. They don't crack the top three on the ballot. There's just. It's a really deep year for good coaching. Playoffs getting underway next week, and those play-in games, especially Golden State and Los Angeles, if we get that, uh, not, a, not a bad way to start off the play-in. No. Kurt, great stuff as always. Appreciate it, and enjoy the run into the postseason. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you guys soon. There he is. At Basketball Talk is where you can find him on Twitter. Golden State, Los Angeles. Once again, seems more and more likely that we will get that matchup some point <laughs> early next week. Could not ask for a more intriguing first ever year of the play. And speaking of those Warriors, we'll get you updated on Warriors Jazz after this. It is the nightcap on Visa. pop-up episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. You can hear from Bob Baffert himself give his side of the drug test that was flagged at the Kentucky Derby for winner Medina Spirit for an excess trace of anti-inflammatory drug. Workout expert Bruno Giulio and trainer John Sheriffs also talk about the controversy. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is available at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It is sponsored by First Bet. Yeah, that was, uh, that was something today. Uh, <laughs> it was Bob Baffert said this. I think this was this was even better than the cancel culture one. Uh Bob Baffert said one test issue was created by a groom urinating in the stall after the groom had been taking cough medicine. Horse ate some. I, I, I mean, I, I, again, unless if unless if horse biology is so much different than human biology, I don't think that's that, that's how that works, Tim. I don't think how that, that's how that works. Uh, yep. That was something. <laughs> that was something. Uh, Medina Spirit. Is in uh, is in, He's in Maryland. He's in Baltimore. He's ready to go. He's going to be racing. Uh, that man, if he wins on uh, on Saturday, ooh, that would be something. I, actually, that would be a very a very big test for the New York sports fans. Will they actually boo a horse? Boo a horse, cheating that horse. Would be a very I mean, they don't test. like cheaters, as we know about the Houston Astros. Uh, I don't know what they'd bring to the. You know, they they brought the the blow up. Trash cans to uh, Yankee Stadium. I don't know what they do at Belmont, uh, but I'm, I'm sure they'll be creative. I mean, they did cheer A Rod after he was suspended for a year, so I, I don't know. I mean, if they if if Medina <laughs> Spirit is going for a triple crown, they'll probably cheer him. I, I I really don't think he's winning this weekend. But again, what do I know? I had soup and sandwich in the Derby that didn't go well. Yeah, that's true. Didn't we need uh, well. we need uh, we need Banksy to come in and tell us who to bet on. Uh, to finish third, because that's who his horse. That's where his horse finished. Um, all right, let's get you updated on uh, the competitive game this evening. That would be the Golden State Warriors and the Utah Jazz. Warriors went off as a two-point underdog at home. Uh, pretty low-scoring game here, Jeff. Uh, at the half, it was 54. Uh, it was actually a relatively high-scoring first quarter, 61 total points, 31-30. Second quarter. 
just 42 total points. And right now, with uh, about a little over six to go in the third quarter, a 63-59 lead right now for the Golden State Warriors over the Utah Jazz. And Steph Curry uh, has hit his second three. It was just one for five in the first half. He has 22 points right now for uh, for the Golden State Warriors. And uh, his over-under tonight was 35-and-a-half, over-under on threes, six-and-a-half. Remember, on Saturday against Oklahoma City, put up a 49 spot against those uh, against that Oklahoma City Thunder. He has hit over six and a half threes four of his last five games. Not trending that way. However, you're never one to uh, count out Steph Curry. He can make four threes in a span of you know 60 seconds. Yeah, no. Look, it's still plenty of ball game left, and like you said, this game is uh, trending as a uh, big time under at the moment. Yeah, this game uh, was pre-game, what, 225 and a half. We actually saw money come in on the under. Yeah, that got bet down a few points. Yeah, open 228 and a half, closed 225 and a half. Utah was laying two on the road, 65 to 59. Uh, by the way, Kent Bazemore is playing in this game. And right now, <laughs> what what am I missing on so Twitter? So much beef. So Bradley, much beef. Bradley Beal, who is out right now with an injury for the Wizards, is uh, is is ripping Kent Bazemore, who's playing right now for the Golden State Warriors? What what am I missing here? What, what give me the update on? All right, I, so so Bazemore because Steph Curry and and Bradley Beal are in a pretty yeah. pretty tight scoring for, championship race yeah. right now. And Bradley Beal over the weekend had what fifty forty nine yeah forty nine. So uh, but here's Bazemore uh, talking about uh, again managed to bring Beal's performance into it while talking about Steph Curry of Beal forty nine points in twenty nine minutes. That's unreal. We got guys hurting hamstrings to keep up with Steph. And Bradley Beal saw that, and Bradley Beal is not pleased on, on the tweets right now. All right. There you a lot go. of beef. A lot of beef going on. And Kent Basemore, you're going to check his mentions when he uh, comes oh, in have after time. this game. <laughs> What's going on now? Uh, 65-61, Golden State with the lead over Utah. Hey, those pesky Rockets keeping it close. 87-74. Still eight minutes to go in the third quarter in that one. Jacob deGrom, your mother. Jacob deGrom is hurt. <laughs> Jeff's not happy. But what does that mean for the NL Cy Young race? We'll discuss that next. It is the Nightcap on Visa. You know, VEASAN.com has the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight. Track the line movements with live charts. Get estimated scores for every matchup and all the betting information you need to stay on top of the action. You can use our our parlay calculator to figure out payouts and get all our betting 101 information, including definitions of betting terms we use here at the Sports Betting Network. So start your day's sports betting research for free. VEASAN.com. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Tim Murray, Jeff Parles with you. And the Golden State Warriors trying to pull away a little bit. They lead 71-63 to right now over the Utah Jazz as a small home dog tonight went off as a two-point underdog. And looking at the uh, the money line, 
Could have got plus 109 here uh, at Circa, so decent price. It looks like plus 110 uh, at William Hill. So could have found uh, could have found a, pl- a little plus price on the home team. Still a lot to go, but uh, a little and one coming here for Golden State. And uh, the Houston Rockets, man, this is, Jeff, why I did not want to bet full game. Houston Rockets showing a little life here against Portland. It is now a seven-point game midway through the third quarter. We will see. This thing went off. Portland minus 15 against the Houston Rockets. The uh, the total, you're still good on your over. Yes. If you took the over here. I think you're, 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 you're 173 here. with six and a half to go in the third. You need, uh, again, uh, trying to do some quick math. You need, uh, need 67 and a half, depending, uh, 67 and a half, 68, depending on where you got it. So uh, today, the New York Mets placed Jacob deGrom on uh, the injured list with tightness on his right side. Now, the MRI was clear. So hopefully, this is a short stint for Jacob deGrom. And it wasn't that long ago when Corbin Burns was on his ridiculous stretch to start the year. What was it? 49 strikeouts, no walks to start the year. It had allowed just a handful. I mean, it was insane. Um, I, I believe Is he still on the COVID list? No, he's just on the regular IL, I'm pretty okay. sure. Um, but the odds for the NL Cy Young still have Jacob deGrom as the odds-on favorite at DraftKings, and I think rightfully so. He is unbelievable. He's got a .68 ERA, a .6 whip, uh, an ERA plus of 567, which uh, 100 is league average, and he's at 567. Now, that will come down as the year goes on, you would think. Um, You're a Mets fan. You follow this team very closely. What is the level of concern with this Jacob deGrom injury list stint? Is this just going to be a short one? Use the 10 days. He's back, good to go. And instead of 34 starts, maybe gets 31 or 32. It's Look, it's a different era because it's a different training staff and different ownership than in the past. But again, with the Mets, it's kind of, uh, you're kind of just flipping a coin of how significant anything is. But Look, I would anticipate this probably be a 10-day stint, and then he's back uh, more than anything, especially if the MRI was clear. Right. Uh, it was obvious something was wrong yesterday when he pitched because Jacob deGrom had walked three batters the entire season up until the fifth inning yesterday, and he walked three in that fifth inning. So he was clearly not right there. And, and look, it's this is the proper thing for the Mets to do if he's not 100%. I am. You don't need a starter until next week, so... You're you're good there, and for the for the Cy Young Award race, the problem goes to if not Degrom, then who? And there really has not been anyone on the National League side. The AL side has had all sorts of premium performers so far this year, but the NL side, I mean, the big issue that I would have with betting Scherzer, who's sitting at sixteen to one right now, Tim, is if the Nats are out of it. Matt Scherzer might get traded. Yep. And if he gets sent to the American League, that is a good way for you to lose your bet uh, on that one. So there's really no one else on those. I don't want Trevor Rogers at 30 to 1. I don't want Aaron Noah, who who is an elite pitcher at home, but not good away from home. Trevor Bauer has been good, but I don't think he's winning two straight. There just aren't there just aren't enough options in the NL. Like like I said, Scherzer's probably the second best option, but I, I would be very scared of him getting dealt midseason. If he goes to an American League team, then your bed's done. 
Big yeah, toast. I think it's it's possible. Uh, knowing that ownership in Washington, uh, they're the same ownership that nixed the deal that GM Mike Rizzo had in place for Bryce Harper. So knowing Max Scherzer will be a Hall of Famer uh, wearing a Nationals hat, I, I, they might be hesitant, even if there was a deal out there. It's the final year of a seven-year deal. Yeah, you look at Max Scherzer so far. In the five starts that he's been dominant, including this weekend in New York when they uh, did not get the victory. Great job, Brad Hand. Which was fun. Um, five starts, three earned, 47 Ks in the yeah. five great starts he's had, including this weekend against the Yankees when he had, what, 14 strikeouts? And his two, he's had two bad starts, including mm-hmm. opening day when he had four home runs. Two starts, 11 runs, nine earned, 14 K. Um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Trevor Rogers. Now, I know it's year two for Trevor Rogers, and last year, it's crazy. I think this dude had a, a nor- an ERA north of six. So uh, last year, Trevor Rogers started seven games, had a 6 1 1 ERA. This year, he started seven games, he's got a 1 8 9 ERA. So it, it might be too early, uh, just seven games in. Uh, but it, when you look at his numbers so far, and then you see Jacob deGrom on the injured list, and you see a guy with a 1.89 ERA sitting there at 30-1, to 1, but it being his truly first full major league season, because last year being the abbreviated season, at some point there, there's going to come a, a rough patch there for, for young Mr. Rogers in Miami. Yeah, I, I would agree on that, and also, too, I'm not too certain that he isn't. Even with this great start, he's still probably the third best pitcher in our rotation. Because Alcantara and Lopez, I think, are still better, even with this great start that Rodgers has had. Again, the 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 well, you know, who's not on that list. Who I'm kind of surprised is not in the top of that. That might not be worth but that might be worth a bet. And I'm curious what his number is. That's Jack Flaherty, who is currently leading the NL in wins. He's on a first place team in St. Louis. Thankfully, wins he, mean nothing. Right, now but again, but, 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 but again, no, you, I'm just saying. If, if some dude wins 22, he could get there. He's had a pretty, he had a, he had a pretty rough start to the year, but has gotten a lot better over the last few starts. He had a really good start the other night. I, I'm surprised he's not in the top ten of odds, actually. So uh, that would be where I'm looking. I'll, I'll get that during the break. What his number is, and I'll say it on the flip side because that might be worth a play. And similar to the Dodgers, if this trickles down to what you buy on taking the job, if he gets back to plus two hundred at any point, I don't think he will. It's I think, not getting there. I think your bet, your best bet. I mean, if he gets back to a plus price, you probably fire on it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Hey, speaking of baseball. A guy that had a slash line of like 180, 220, and 260 two years ago. His name is Tim Tebow. Yeah, he's playing football again. Sweet. Talk about that. Did the odds change? Tim Tebow's a Jaguar. Nightcap here on VEASAN. The nightcap here on VEASAN. Jeff Parles, Tim Murray with you. Closing seconds of the third quarter, and we are headed to the fourth. Wow, half-court shot is good. People are going nuts in... I was going to say Oakland, but they're in, they're in San Francisco Who now. was it? Uh, I don't know who that was. 89-75, half-court shot uh, made. It is. Uh, it seems to be the Warriors' night as a two-point home dog. They now have a 14-point lead going That's into... Jordan Poole. There you go. His over-under on threes, I think, was one and a half. It's the half-court shot. Oftentimes... Absolutely off the eye. Jordan Poole, of course, uh, familiar. Michigan fame. F- familiar to heaves at the buzzer. That is true. 
you're a Houston backer from that tournament, still probably hurts. <laughs> Picking scabs over here. Uh, so 89-75, Golden State with a big third quarter outscoring the Jazz by nine. Steph Curry with 29, so still uh, you're feeling decent right now, Jeff, on his over-under oh, at 35-and-a-half. Yeah, Three-pointers, not so much. He only has two so far, uh, but 29 points there. Kent Bazemore, 17, and a lot of Twitter mentions. Jordan Poole with 10 after that half-court heave, so an 89-75 lead. And uh, Mr. Bogdanovich over his point total. We had talked about that before this tip, that he really has been their offense. Might be one to look at towards the over, and he has hit it through three quarters, 25 points already for Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, we're on some cover watch here. Still third quarter, though, so Portland has plenty of time to to exceed this, extend this lead. 102-87, three minutes and change to go in the third quarter. Portland went off as a 15-point favorite here at Circa against the Houston Rockets, who have lost 15 of 17. Hey, look, the, the only thing that matters for both of these teams is that Portland needs to win the game, Houston needs to lose the game, and so far, it has played out to a T. Again, I think that's going to happen. I, I will say, Tim, though, uh, a, an incredible job by the Houston defense to uh, to really stabilize the ship here after giving up 50 in the first half. They've only given up 52. 50 in the first quarter. Excuse me, 50 in the first quarter. How yeah. could I misspeak that poorly on yeah. that one? That's an important, that's the whole the whole part of the gag here, Tim. 52 points in uh, in in. in Almost two uh, two full quarters after that. So a good job, well done by the Rockets. Again, uh, if you don't win this over at two uh, two forty, uh, what was it, two thirty eight and a half, two thirty nine, uh, that would just be a really horrendous beat. And Dame finally made a three pointer. So there you go. Dame's got five three pointers tonight. He's uh, five of eight. CJ McCollum start tonight. Though. Yeah, only nineteen points, but does have five threes. CJ McCollum six three pointers, twenty eight points, and Norm Powell has uh, twenty five points as the Blazers lead. 102 to 91. I feel uh, a little uncomfortable because uh, we have not talked to any football yet. Uh, <laughs> but now here we go. Tim Is this Tebow. actually football? Tim Tebow, signed by the Jaguars. Now, let me preface it this way. We're going to get to some DraftKings odds. People were pretty fired up about this. He's not guaranteed to make this team. I think it's actually unlikely he does make the team. I spent a handful of years hosting a national morning show ripping the decision by the Mets to give a maximum signing bonus of $100,000 to a dude who hadn't played baseball since he was 18. And just, just flat out say it was a publicity stunt because it was. He went to all these different minor league ballparks. They sold out. It was great for the organization, but he wasn't a real prospect. We learned that. However, this, I don't really have an issue with. It's a guy that Urban Meyer certainly knows. He played football, and it's a not guaranteed roster. He's not going to make this roster. I would be very surprised, Jeff, if he makes this roster. And that's why you look at these, these prop bets over under receiving yards, 12 and a half <laughs> for the season, folks. And then over under receiving touchdowns is a half over being plus $4. If you want to take a flyer on it, sure. But uh, I would be surprised, Jeff, if Tim Tebow's on this roster. And if he's even on this roster, if he's getting plays where he can make uh, a, a, a catch or two. So 
Uh, yes, I would look under on receiving yards here. If he makes the team, then both of these are over bets. Ooh. If he makes the team. Now, I don't think he's making the team. If. I don't think he's making the team. You and I agree on that. But if he makes the team, it would not shock me, and in a play that would probably bust social media, because remember, Gardner Minshew is still the backup quarterback to Trevor Lawrence there sure in Jacksonville. Is. Where you get a special teams fake where Minshew oh, is throwing the ball to Tebow. Look at you. It would be a great way for Twitter to break, uh, at least for a little bit during an NFL Sunday. So, uh, I would, I, again, I don't think he's making the team. I, I think this is a complete farce, personally. I think it's a farce. Uh, that, that that they're doing this, it's a publicity stunt. It is it is what it is. Tebow, some- Tebow just continues to get opportunities that he hasn't really earned. Uh, it, it, again, like you said, you were 100% right in bashing the Mets of giving him any money, not no less the maximum signing bonus right. to uh, to play minor league baseball and never make it past Triple A, and this again, this is ridiculous that that, that Jacksonville is even doing this. And it's the the only thing I can think of is is this just a way to have a distraction in camp where the eyeballs aren't on Trevor Lawrence and let him slide a little under the radar during training camp. I like the tinfoil hat you got on there. That's, yeah, that's hey, look, a, I'm, I'm trying here. It's not Tim. a bad, I mean. I'm trying here. And it, no, I mean, and he's a, you know, he's a Florida legend. Yes, uh, he is. What he not did. far from Gainesville at all. So, look, you bring a guy like this in for training camp, tons of, tons of cameras. I mean, remember when he got signed by the Jets, how many? Uh, he ruined Mark Sanchez's career, basically. So, I. I, I don't. I, I don't have an issue. Uh, I don't have an issue with this. He's not going to make the team. So, uh, yeah. If you want to have a flyer on a receiving touchdown, go for it. Four to one. I would bet under receiving yards because I think it's zero. I have one question for you, Tim. If he has a good training camp, how far does that get bet on the receiving touchdowns? How <laughs> far down does that get? It. It will. There's only no one's going to be laying minus five ninety. No way. No. You know. Uh, Maybe a sharp or two, but this is, I mean, this is, this is the classic uh, square bet play here. Sure. Um, but this does give us a, a reason to talk about the AFC South mm-hmm. Colts, Titans, Jags, and Texans. And the Jaguars are not expected to be the worst team in this division. That would be the Houston Texans. And the biggest question about Houston, obviously, and why I wouldn't bet any win totals or any futures on Houston, is we just don't know about Deshaun Watson. These allegations that are out there end up being true, then he's not playing football for a long time. Uh, And if they are unfounded, we still don't know his relationship with the Houston Texans organization. So uh, I wouldn't touch that. Colts and Titans for the division is an interesting one. Even money for the Colts to win the division, plus 110 for the Titans, and then similar odds for for second place there. Eric Fisher, uh, by the way, the Colts did sign Eric Fisher, uh, former number one overall pick Eric Fisher, former chief today. Colts made a splash, whether you liked it or not. They got Carson Wentz to be their starting quarterback. If I had to make a play, I think the Colts are a better team. I would bet the Colts to win this division. That would be if I had to make a play here. Uh, by the way, I know this is something you look at quite a bit. The difference the difference in opponents, the Colts are at Baltimore, they get Las Vegas, and then their 17th game is Tampa. That's fun. Uh, Tennessee gets at Pittsburgh, winner. 
They get Kansas City, though. Yeah, not great. And then they're home to New Orleans in the 17th game. They they got a, a bonus there. I think I, I think they'll be a favorite against both Pittsburgh and New Orleans, but do get Kansas City in the crossover. Well, they have played the Chiefs relatively well with this newer era of Tennessee True. football where they've been competitive and made playoffs back-to-back years. Hey, look, I, I, I said, uh, I guess it was last week, I said that Indianapolis would be the the division favorite that I would bet to miss the playoffs yeah. because I don't trust Carson Wentz and, and and that more than anything. That Fisher signing, if he is ready, because remember, significant injuries coming right. off, then that does help because Eric Fisher, again, I don't know how good he I don't know if he's a top-of-the-line left tackle anymore, but he, you know at least he's competent. And your left side of the line is Eric Fisher and Quentin Nelson. Well, that Nelson guy's pretty good. Yeah. But uh, but look, uh, the in the end here, I wish I was getting more than plus 110 uh, here for right. MGM on Tennessee because they, to me, if you get Tennessee about plus 130, plus 140, I think that's a bet. Because you bring up those cross games, Tim, the first-place team ended up with the easier draw than the second-place team. I know. It's, it's very rare. <laughs> just just because Tampa had the uh, had the, the figure-it-out regular season and went on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, and then New Orleans, again, the most questions we've had about a Saints team since before Drew Brees was a Saint, basically. So, By the way, real quickly, Houston's crossover games, Chargers, Cleveland, and Carolina. That's great that the third-place team ended up with arguably the toughest draw right? of all three of them. I mean, Chargers and Cleveland. Cleveland on the road for Houston. Yeah, it could be... It'll be quite the uh, quite the season. It'll be a, there a, re- a revamp of the worst game of the NFL regular season last year with the wind in Cleveland. No the, first uh, or second round pick for Houston, and then their first pick of the draft they used as a quarterback. Yeah, look, David they, Mills. again, that's I think all you need to know about Deshaun Watson being there in the future. Yeah, that pick. So, just uh, looking at the rest of those odds, there's really not much else I really like, unless if you think the Jaguars are going to be. Really, really bad again, which I don't think you can assume because Lawrence is an upgrade over over Minshew and hard to be worse than winning one game. So if somehow I Deshaun want, I Watson, do it. if somehow Deshaun Watson were to play, then you could he, take Jacksonville. You could will a team in in Houston to a third place finish, and then you couple that with Jacksonville fourth plus yeah. one forty five. But at those prices, I know we're supposed to be you know giving out winners. There's nothing there. No, nothing about the AFC South. I think the Colts will ultimately win the division, but at even money, eh, not that uh, not that interested. Patrick Everson, the powerhouse, joins us next right here on the Nightcap.